Good morning, Oceana. Welcome to the Little Brothers Podcast, where we discuss everything 1984. We're your hosts, Luke and Max. Yeah! And today we're going to be talking about setting in 1984 and its effects on the characters, the plot, and more. So, our first point is about how did we find the setting and how was the setting established in the book? And the readers actually first told about the setting when Winston, who's the main character, starts to think whether his home, London, has always been so dark and grimy and just not great, just disgusting, really. Yeah, and so we see that the setting is established pretty slowly um, because Winston starts out um, walking back to his victory mansion. And then we also get some other like subtle hints at the assembly and when he um, reminisces on the two minutes hate, the two minutes of hate. Um, but then later in the book, in book one, um, he goes to his job at Mini True, and then we also get to see the parole district later on whenever he goes on a little walk. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's kind of you, you. Most books they just start out and kind of like give you like the rundown about yeah how everything run how everything's going. But 1984, you kind of have to fill it out and kind of think to yourself about how everything's how everything works really. Yeah. It's a very gradual process, but so what is the cell setting and what are some of the key elements of it? And uh, so we find that Winston lives on Airstrip One, which is present day Great Britain, and it's part. It's one of the key cities of Oceania, and it's uh, Oceania is this massive land. It's not a landmass really, but it's a collection of many of our nowadays countries combined into one big massive nation state. And there's two other nation states, um, East Asia and Eurasia. And uh, throughout the book, it's talked about how Oceania is at constant war with these two other nations. And um, this, this kind of, well, he lives in present day London, Winston does. Um, and so that's kind of, it's kind of the center of Oceania's oppressive government. So we're all like the ministries are. So he's at, he works at mini true, the ministry of truth. Um, but we also get to see within the setting that London itself is split into three different social groups. So we have the inner party and which is basically the one percenters who live in luxury and we don't really see them yet, but we just know of them and the outer party, which is Winston's group. Um, they live in kind of run-down buildings, definitely not as nice as the inner parties, but even nicer than the, um, the, the other group, which is the proles or the peasants, and they make up about 85% of the population. Um, and they live in slums that we get to see towards the end of book one. Um, they're poorly maintained, they're violent, um, they're just very bleak, not, not fun to be around. And, um, that's kind of the the last part we see of book one is the the parole district though. So in London, there the landscape, the skyline is dominated by four massive buildings, and these are the four ministries that are pretty much control the government of Oceania, and there are the Ministry of Truth where Winston works, the Ministry of Peace, the Ministry of Love, and the Ministry of Plenty, and. Actually, these, the names of these ministries are actually false. It's almost kind of paradoxes. 
mini truth actually instead of the truth it produces propaganda and changes history mini love instead of you know spreading kindness and all that stuff is in charge of law and punishment and that's if you get sent to mini love you're probably not getting out alive to be honest with you you're mm. pretty much screwed not very loving yeah mini packs or mini peace it contr- it's the war department so opposite of peace ironic. yeah pretty ironic mini plenty manages rationing which you know ironic again yeah um and so the the we also see within his um victory mansion or his apartment winston's um that every and in, in, in any building pretty much they have the telescreens um and that's kind of the government's way oceana's way of like spying on their citizens and it's got they have like microphones and cameras hooked up to them and their mainstays in every room in oceania and we also see a lot of posters of big brother um oceana's oppressive leader that not very much is known about but that's a big staple in the setting it's just the posters and the telescreens everywhere they go so our last thing we want to discuss is how the setting affects the novel and its characters. So we really see that the setting is really realistic. There's a lot of, there's lots of things that back when the book was written would be around. And this really allows the reader to get a feel for how the setting is and how the environment, how Winston, all the other characters live. And you can actually feel how rundown and decrepit and how bombed out london is and this is george orwell is able to allow the reader to feel the same way as winston this this because orwell does this he's all he can present his vision of the society he feared was that was approaching Mm -hmm. he he thought that governments were getting more and more power and he wanted to let the western world know that if the governments kept on gaining power they would turn up. They would end up like 1984. They would be oppressive society. Government would have total control over your lives, and it would just be horrible. Yeah. So we see Orwell obviously had some some ideas of what he wanted the reader to think through the setting and just like the the oppressive governments and the bleak settings. Um, but also he had. I think he wanted to the setting to contribute to some of the characters and. Um, I think we see that in, first of all, in Winston's um, place of work, the Ministry of Truth. Um, Winston briefly describes um, the people that work there. Whenever we first meet Parsons, you know, he describes him as a, a round, short fellow, and he's um, kind of hunched over. He's got beady eyes. And he says a lot of, he mentions that a lot of the people that work there look like that. And so that would obviously be an effect of kind of the ministry itself on the people who work there. They've all kind of got the same way of life. Um, And so we can also see that in a similar sense at the bar in the parole district. Um, He doesn't go into deep detail. Winston doesn't deeply describe the proles, but we get kind of an idea that they're all kind of the same loud and rambunctious guys and drink a lot and very primitive and they love their gambling and their football um, and so this is kind of like the location of the bar, like this is a more universal one. But when you think of like people in bars, especially in like London, you think of kind of these loud, rambunctious guys. And so the bar kind of defines those proles. And so lastly, towards the end of book one, we meet Mr. Charrington. 
And um, he lives in his antique shop and he is a rare example of a educated prole. You know, he was likely a writer or an author of some sort before the revolution. And so his kind of antique shop, he, he kind of reciprocates that feeling of like a kind of reserved, quiet, and he's a little smarter than all the other proles. So that's kind of how the setting contributes to the characters and how, um, how Orwell develops that. So yeah, the setting of 1984 is very important. Matter of fact, it's the major reason why 1984 is such a good book because it allows the reader to experience the same things that Winston and other characters go on through. And it just, it really gives you, it really gives the book a deeper meaning and really increases the impact of it. Yeah. All right, so thank you guys for joining us on this episode one of Little Brothers. Um, I'm Max. And I'm Luke. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace.